Welcome to episode 5 of Through the Draft Line, an independent podcast produced in Boston, Massachusetts. Today, we speak with Fish House. Originally formed in Mystic, Connecticut, Adam, Jake, and Kyle have coined the genre of cruise ship jam band through their smooth bass lines and complex yet accessible grooves. Armed with the classic, yet unfortunately no longer craft, Lagunitas IPA, today's episode will bring you an insight to the pathways and barriers to entry in the Boston music scene, how creative processes develop from youth to adulthood, and naturally, a bit of politics. Thank you for your support, and welcome to Through the Draft Line. JD, you want to you want to give a little little background on what we're drinking today, and and we'll pass them out. Sure. Yeah. So you guys are into Lagunitas IPA. We right. did request the Lagunitas tonight. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Pass these guys out. So, um, as far as Lagunitas goes, I I don't know if you guys know the background, but um, IPA is I mean it's one of the like original like typical west coast ipas um kind of mal- a little bit malty kind of bitter etc cetera, etc cetera. um has about five different hops in there um and uh you know it's totally different than some of the, the ipas that we have now um but you know one one thing you want to pop these open yeah, let's do the thing all right um nice. cheers salute Oh, there we go. Hey. All right, so uh, you know, Lagunitas. One one thing I I told Matt that I cannot cannot stop uh myself from saying is that they were they sold out to uh, Heineken about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't like I cannot uh, consider them craft beer right, officially. Yeah. I yeah, uh, uh, to me they're my enemy. But <laughs> cheers to you guys because you like that. And obviously, I mean, this was one of my favorite like go-to beers like uh, years ago whenever I first started getting into craft beer. Um, it's uh, you know, still a good good IPA. It's still like a good uh, go-to. It's still, you know, uh, your typical like West Coast IPA and it's delicious. So um, what, what do you guys enjoy about it? What do you, you know, what do you find? Why do you like it? Well, I was just going to say, before we say anything about uh, Lagunitas further, I think we got to take a moment to uh, shout out our buddy that uh, put us on to them, uh, Dylan, a.k.a. Dejan, a.k.a. Doolin, <laughs> a.k.a. Dylan from the Bay, mm. a.k.a. Slang. From, uh, Did you say Dijon? The mustard? A little Dijon, yeah. a little Dijon mustard for you. Mm, you know, yeah. Just in case he's listening, we got to shout him out because he's from the Bay Area, you know, and he uh, put us on. A couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, we, we got a homer over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's every everything about that kid is pro pro loggies. So we got to shout <laughs> that out. So that's definitely how it started. I yeah. think with our crew, he kind of like put us all onto it, and then uh, yeah, Heineken came into the picture, and then I guess you start seeing him all over the place. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, big like distribu- uh, distribution after that, and just kind of kind of blew up after yeah. that. But yeah, especially Europe too, right? Mm-hmm. Not just North America. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean the the. Obviously, the downside is that you ha- you have a beer fanatic like yourself, JD, that uh, has trouble viewing Lagunitas as craft beer. But on the opposite side of it, 
it's a wonderful IPA that you can now get in airports around the world. That, I mean, that's how yeah, I gauge it. Is, that's kind of yeah. hype now. If you're, mean, if you're walking around an airport, you're going to be spending a lot of money on the beer anyway. True. So if that's I can get true. an IPA that I truly like, why not? Yeah. And you know it's Lagunitas when you have like there are a lot of obscure IPAs. I feel like you can go and grab somewhere, but when you have a Lagunitas, it's like I, I instantly know. Yeah, you know, and, and that's one thing that they have like kept. It's like consistently, you know, almost every bottle that you crack open is going to be the same. You know, yeah. um, as far as the character goes, and like you said, you know that it's Lagunitas yeah. by by the taste. So sure. yeah, without question. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Dijon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dijon. Dijon slang. <laughs> so so when is when's the song coming about mustard? Is there is there a, is there a honey it's, mustard? It's not yeah. as much about mustard as it is the the, the spice that it brings. You know, ah yes, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we're working on that. Yeah. That's Hopefully not to the beer. Mustard beer. Do not <laughs> yeah, brew mustard no, beer. No, world please. Do what he say. Do what he say. Don't talk. Don't talk. Pivot a bit back to uh, to the uh, the second reason why we're here chatting is uh, it's the music, it's the art scene, it's your creativity. Um, sure. So as a recap, we are here with Adam, Jake, and Kyle from Fish House. Fijus. Fijus. There's just some internal debate going on. Uh, I'm a fish house kind of guy. You're a fish house kind of guy. See, that's the difference between me and Adam. He's fijous. I'm fish house. So you just said it depends on the beer. It really depends yeah. when you ask Kyle, I think. It does depend when you ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so uh, to, to sort of kick it off, you know, uh, assuming that at least some listener here does not know who you all are, um, could you give a little bit of a background on you three musically, how you met, how the project started, I believe, in 2009, correct? Yeah, it was a long um, time ago. Yeah, just like, do you want to do a quick little overview? Maybe dive into your very eclectic genre? Yeah, uh, so we've known each other since we were probably about six years old, seven years old. We grew up together in Mystic, Connecticut, um, and the music came shortly after, still in the elementary school years. It was earlier for Jake and Kyle than it was for me, but... Uh, me and Jake started playing together in like a elementary school jazz band ensemble. And it like was not the type of school to have that kind of thing. But not at all. me and Jake were very musical people from a very young age. And like they let us play. We got to like play with the teachers and we had like a nice little ensemble thing that we yeah. started with. But that was when, I mean, obviously like something's going on. I mean, I remember the choral director like required the whole grade to be into the chorus because like it was like and also they decided they asked us like, oh, what bands do you guys want to do? So they let me and Kyle kind of decide like it was like he said the Beatles. I said Green Day. Because like, <laughs> like that, that was, that was yeah. about where we, <laughs> yeah. we were at, like, you know, fifth grade or whatever. Right. You know, it makes I feel sense. like that's also you being fish house and you being fish juice. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess yeah. I can say that. Yeah. 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 More than the fish juice said. But it, <laughs> and it's funny because while they were doing that, like, Jake and Kyle were like leading the whole grade in our. Um, in our musical endeavors and I was like one of the only two people in the whole grade that requested like to not be part of the chorus I just wanted to go have recess you know like that was, that's all I cared about at the time I was literally one of the only two people and then they <laughs> at, made me at join the time, that's what you cared about yeah man wow. yeah well yeah right yeah. now that's what I care about <laughs> yeah right <laughs> recess yeah I was trying to get out there and play kickball you kidding me? but um but yeah I mean things definitely changed down the line but I feel like that's kind of what it was like obviously it changed when we were older but uh even in, into high school 
like we were always playing music together but jake and kyle were always on their shit and i was always like playing i was more focused on sports when i was coming up and uh so since then it's always been kind of like trying to close the gap like jake and kyle have always been these like virtuoso musicians and i'm trying to like like i've uh, put less you know it's like dropping the the ball uh so, yeah, no pun intended. Well, kind of pun intended, actually. Well, yeah, in the recess. Recess. But, but, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I certainly don't want you to sell yourself short. I mean, the 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 three of you seem like quite versatile, unified musicians. I mean, quite often you're you're switching instruments. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not lead singing every song. I understand. No, no. And no so, um, no. how I guess how did you get to that point in your music where you realized you wanted um, your instrumentation and your songs to kind of go case by case on who takes the lead in certain instances. Is that something from the Beatles perhaps or it a hundred percent came from like when we were younger, um, we got our chops by playing covers and we studied a lot of other music that like really inspired us. And we wanted to play it live too. Cause there's that feeling you get when you play a song live, yeah. obviously. And we just really gra- um, gravitated towards like certain genres and stuff, but it always called for like a switching of instruments. So maybe sometimes even, I mean, we don't do this now, but maybe even I would try the bass part and Jake would hop on drums. Yeah, it's like whoever Adam, knew the, the bit. Yeah, because we all were bringing different songs to the table and we all had our idea for what instrument we wanted to play. So yeah. it just it, we just kind of came out of that being so versatile and we we had to actually tone down how often we switch instruments because... Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It's ridic- it is ridiculous. Because we did it more because as a disclaimer, Jake and Kyle can play pretty much everything and i'm more limited myself but it started like kyle would like hop on guitar for a little while and it just like from drums and jake would go to drums, and it was just like what the fuck's going on here like it just didn't it was just a lot it's hard to follow along and uh but uh yeah we're kind of yeah and, and you know from the audience perspective there's a there's a certain element of oh wow they're switching instruments that's so cool i mean that's very common thought anytime i mean that's why so many bands today, the lead singer just brings out a tom, and when they're not doing something, they just hit on a tom yep. for a yeah, while. You know, that's so that's, <laughs> to do. Yeah. because Imagine because there's so many audience. It's like holy shit, they play the tom. They play yeah. the toms. Yeah. Oh my god, he's such an artist's artist. <laughs> <laughs> Head explodes. So as far as you know, what's what's up with the the cruise theme? What you know, where do you? Uh, yeah, where'd you guys come up with it? What's the story there? For sure. Yeah. So I just wanted to say for anybody that doesn't know, Fish House is a cruise ship jam band. And um, it's, I think it's just more of like a, a lifestyle that we aspire to than anything. Like when I was uh, 12 or 13, I went on a quick little four day cruise uh, with the family and uh, just like saw this, uh, this, this band that was jamming in the shade every single day, just kind of uh, like four hours on, couple off, then another like two, three hours on. And that's all they did. They were just playing. And then they just cruised around the world, you know, like so, sipping sipping margaritas in the it's sun. A, it's you a dream, me? yeah. <laughs> so, so like in terms of like what I, what I see whenever I hear Fish House is a cruise ship jam band, I think of like a dingy little boat that could hardly be called a cruise liner. <laughs> it's It's really small, but the staff, cares about the boat and they care about the experience that people have on the boat and fish house is the band on that boat and everything on the boat is spick and span it's ta- it's so taken care of and that's what up. i picture and and it just goes from beach to beach to beach just around the world 
24-7. It's its full-time thing, and, and we play music at those beaches. And, and you may drag some dirty sand back onto the ship, but you better believe it that we're going to sweep it up, and it's going to mm. be spick and span. Mm. And it's going to be so it's good. Ready, ready to go, but, yeah. but I think the most important question is, why is the rum always gone? Why is the That's rum always question. gone? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, we were di- we were dipping into Don't that me. Uh, last week. <laughs> the, the Jack, Jackie Sparrow. Uh, you, you broke your, your Lagunitas rule. You know, everyone we interview has to only drink one beverage. <laughs> yes. Which That's we're going to break that as well at some point in this podcast. It's going to be great. Uh, I mean, I love it. I, I think what's what's so cool is that it's such a... I don't know, it's such a fun genre name. It's like, yeah. it, it, it. you will not forget it the first time you hear it. And it's wonderful to hear that you have like a true founding story like that to it as well because it's, it's in everything with your branding. It's your website. It's uh, obviously the genre. You, you reference it so often. Um, and I, I think that's beautiful. I mean, it, because with how relaxed of dudes you are for people who, who hear you perform, they could easily think that you're just like, Oh, I just made it up. I'm a, I'm a jam band fan. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm a fish fan. Yeah. Fish house. We get it. Cruise ship jam yeah, band. dude. We get a lot of questions like, Oh, fish like pH. It's like 50% of the time when we say the band name, the, the, that question is asked. And it's really not like we, I mean, didn't really know about any of the, the, the jammy stuff until even even recently when my uncle dragged me out to a couple of Grateful Dead concerts. <laughs> but that's a completely different uh, conversation. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but it's rooted in something that's maybe a bit more than that. But yeah. I mean, we're from New England, too. Right. The, the name itself, Fish House, kind of stems from where we were brought up and like every everyone like in like the area on on the coast uh in this little it was initially a little fishing village uh, and everybody made their money through catching fish and uh in most backyards there's a little shed called a fish house and there's one uh, in the back of our or in the back of uh the house that I grew up in. And, that we would uh, also practice at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All and we always time. had like little fantasies of turning this little shed into a studio. Like, yeah, dude, we're going to make the fish house this dope thing. And it's like, it had a like, like, it was just like, like a sketchy little like wood, like wood floors that go like the bottom layer was just like not even, it was just dirt. Like, you know, it was like nothing. So like, we're like, oh yeah, we're going to put a little like fire pole in it and we're going to like go from the first level to the second. And it made no sense at all. But, you know, it's kind of, a joke to our uh, ourselves and I we're guess. here right now <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i just i think that from you know from jd and my perspective we've seen you guys perform in a lot of different contexts and i think what we really want to dive into eventually is sort of the intersection between craft beer and the music industry yeah, yeah. but to kick that off in the, in the beginning i mean you guys are from new england um jd and i are both transplants here relatively new to new england shoobies uh yeah, and so <laughs> for for us, I mean, and and for everyone listening, I think it's it's important to think of, you know, Boston is one of the most historic cities in the world. It is home to one of not only a, a bunch of amazing local musicians, but also one of the most prestigious music schools in the world, along with more universities than we can count. Uh, so, what do you guys think of the Boston music scene? I think the Boston scene is, is very unique. You know, there's certainly a, a, there's there's like some weird barrier to entry. You know, and, and like it took us a little while of like playing with other bands and meeting other people to figure out what was what in Boston. You know, but now now I feel like we're acquainted with a lot of really nice nice people, and we, and beyond that, we go to shows and we're able to uh, listen to some people that are really killing it in their perspective uh, lane, you know. But um, I think a good thing about Boston is that it's a good 
like testing uh, ground for a lot of people. It's an air, uh, like you know there's a lot of lot of basement shows going on where people can go and, and try their thing and see how a crowd reacts to it, um, and a lot of people going out and supporting their their folks and whatever. So it's it's cool. I don't know. yeah. I don't think we have awesome. a lot of art schools around. You get Emerson, you get Mass Art, you get North, like yeah. even like you get Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of kids are going there and like trying their hand at their art for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it's, it's just cool. a good spot for like, you know, kids have an open space like in I mean, there might be a spot where it's like the Red Room in Berkeley and it's like you got your first show there and that's like a school spot or you could have like an actual house show. That's like two different spots where like a Berkeley band can get into a house show and be like, I can get my underground like cred along, see if the underground, like these kids are going to dig it. Or if like I can play at a school and be like, it's a good point. Same kids will dig it. You know, like you can try your hand at different, different spots. And I think it's a good, like Adam said, but but it's like I'm saying, like, like if, if we bump into somebody here and we have a great relationship, but it's also, you know, my personal belief is, you know, everyone here is sharpening their tools and trying to take it elsewhere to see if the shoe fits. See how far I can take them. Exactly. So uh question about young people. So that is by far your most popular song on Spotify. It has like more than a hundred K hundred K spins on Spotify. Why is, why is that one so popular? Do you think? Actually? So we didn't even, we went in expecting to record five songs uh, for the EP and then young people was kind of that like the five and the half and the guy that we were recording with we're like yo we got this little like demo we like kind of pieced out but it was an idea we were kind of sitting on for a while and we showed it to him he's like that's your single and we're like what and he's like yeah that's your single and we're like shit all right I guess we'll try it out then and we for real that's what happened and then we tried kind of piecing things together and it happened but like lyrically or the idea of it I think it just uh came from this overall suspicion nothing specific because donald hadn't been elected yet it was right around the time that he had uh said he was going to be running and we kind of took it as a joke and we don't want to take makes you sick don't it yeah um (laughs) and uh but yeah it was just an idea we've been kicking around it was something you know it comes from like uh at a certain point when we were just fucking around in the basement and Kyle yells, people pull your pants down and we're like what the fuck was that dude but then we like I don't know kind of thought about it a month or two later and uh and it came into con on into context of a uh, little piggy with a big gun type of like the line that we start the song with and that's there's a whole different story behind that I don't know if it's worth getting into it but like yeah let's right, do it right. do it please so well, that's a di- yeah, that came as well. But um, it was it was this weird time where we were in Rhode Island at Watch Hill, and um, I don't know, we were with some friends that like were a little a little bit rambunctious or whatever. And they, uh, long story short, I ended up getting uh, arrested by a dude in flip flops. I guess is what it comes down to. When we were on the beach, I'll skip a lot of the details. Not quite uh, the Tevas that we see on KTB's feet right now, but uh, <laughs> flip flops. A man in flip flops. So, you know, you think there's no harm from a man in flip-flops. But, like, it kind of started with that, you know, just how people have this power that for, with the badge, you know. And um, But that, that was, like, the initial thought. But then it morphs into something a little bit larger when we – it was 2016 and Donald Trump, of all people, is running for president. And we're like, all right, well, there's obviously 
no fucking way this guy's going to be elected, obviously. But um, All of start, our thoughts. Yeah, exactly. we started doing, you know, having a little fun with it or whatever. And um, I don't know, you go into the lines a little bit more and like it was, it's kind of funny because we say like um, eavesdropping on the party line, just kind of like the thought of like how like in New York in the 50s, 60s or whatever, people shared one phone line, you know? So like if there was a call, like you would answer, you'd be talking to somebody, somebody else could answer the line at the same time. But then it comes 2018 or whatever and we see that there are a few secret uh, dealings going on, you know? Uh, when it comes to uh, our boy Donnie and uh, and and his his friend in the uh, in the Soviet Union, yeah, yeah, well, this is his his homie in the Soviet Union, and think I don't know, a lot of it was just we we don't mean to be overtly political. I think in our in our writing, it's just it was just a little bit of a nod to things that are happening, and hopefully it could start some conversation or whatever. But we're not at all the type of band or the type of people that are like this is an issue we need to talk about. Also, uh, our username is this, and you should retweet this so you can go back to our page. Also, listen to our song, because it like you're a better person, and you're a true uh, uh, member of the Democratic Party if you retweet our, our tweet about, you know, because I think a lot of people kind of uh, have ulterior, ulterior motives when it comes to but speaking the, about at political issues. At the same issues. time, as, as an artist, yeah. if something happens politically that that is impacting you that deeply how could you not write about it i mean yeah you know we you can be a bob dylan and you can write nearly solely politically right you you could you can make that your focus but what happened with donald trump in 2016 is the next level of political impact on young people but the truth is that it wasn't that thought out we didn't think he was going to fucking win. Yeah, we, we thought it was no chance. We, yeah, thought, we were we, almost making a joke of the worst case scenario. We, like, this would, is what will happen if he wins. It was, no but the, like, here's, the, here's the terrifying truth. That song didn't blow up until a year after he'd been president. <laughs> and we wrote it. Yeah. We wrote it almost a whole before he was a whole year. year before he was elected. Before he was elected. And for a long time, it was just laying stagnant. And the fact that now it's so, not popular, but popular amongst our music. It well, also, out- you bastards, it's such a catchy hook. It okay, is. but that's like, the thing. It's such a that's the thing. Song. We were focusing on the hook, not the political content. Well, no, it's a little bit... The no, story no, 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 comes no, 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 from I mean, within. I know, it does. I know, but like, yeah, we were just trying to... Yeah, he's right, though. He's right. We were, But like, there was obviously like a meaning we were trying to portray, or at least like things that have always happened like when it comes to these sketchy dealings or whatever, but we didn't necessarily foresee it happening because we were writing about the things like before they really started happening and then I think they all kind of fell into line because it's happened with many other presidencies and governments or whatever but then it, but then it, it kind of falls into line once again and it's 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 almost similar to I feel like every time the the winter hits it feels brand new you know it's almost like every time a presidential election hits it's like oh wow like I've never felt this cold before or whatever but it's the same shit you know we just go through cycles and we forget about things that have happened before and then it just kind of like the things that we were kind of like almost jesting at in this song really did happen kind of like on the dot as, as far as, uh, you know, these, these, these sketchy dealings. <laughs> Very true. I don't know. It's, it's weird because it feels like this feeling has been kind of lingering around. Cause like, I don't know, like we get the feeling like young people pull the fence down. Like it's a lot of stuff that would happen in like people's lives anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like with like their friends and the clicks that they encounter with, like in the social circles, like smaller social circles, it's not necessarily like up in the higher powers of government and stuff and stuff that they like 
kind of what that shows, like we're saying. Like, people that are just like, they have they hold some weird prejudice because they don't want you to have a part of what they're having because they think that it's not going to be uncool because they're in on it and everything. It, it ties into to, to my negativity towards Boston. And, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, like, there's there's not like an entirely correlated entirely correlated thing there, but what I what I am saying is that like I don't know the guitar riff that happened with young people there that's been around since the beginning it was something that I kind of just had under my hands for a while. Jake's a musical genius. No, I mean like Adam Adam had the voice memo from from when we were jamming and Kyle just said that and I, it was interesting that he he pulled the correlation like oh this would actually sound sound good together and. I don't know. It ended up just happening. So a lot of our music falls together that way. It's like very fragmented thoughts, like stuff that kind of just like far apart. And it's weird because we have the feelings and all of like the very like core essence of the song in the first place. Like we may have felt that like growing up, like feeling like differentiated. Like for me, I like, you know, Adam was saying that he was into sports growing up a lot. And like we were like more, much more of the musical kids. I played sports too. You know, I played baseball, I played, tried to play like basketball. I played football. I quit every sport I played when I started music. Like when our band started to play shows and everything, I quit all the sports. Like I didn't give a shit. Like in yeah. starting freshman year of high school, that, I quit my it friend. All. Me too. Yeah, for real. Cheers to that. Though. No. I forget about that often. And and so would you guys say that within your writing style, you most often find yourself falling into your creativity in that way? Or do you how often do you go in to a writing session intentionally? Well, never. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. never, yeah. never, never, never. The like, writing session thing is writing sessions never really happen. Writing sessions happen naturally, you know. I think the writing sessions happen when we're on our own. We're playing something that comes to our our hands. Whatever we're doing, we'll be like muttering something to ourselves, like a melody that we heard or whatever. You know, like some riff that young people. I didn't even. I don't remember when I wrote that. Like we never like consciously said that we're gonna write down this song. No, that was just a, a riff that I had been playing every once in a while. And he was like, I was playing it one time, and he just for some reason that one time he just. He maybe he just start, heard the voice. Because some people day. need yeah. to force it. This is weird. Well, no. that, I, I just wanted—I just yeah. wanted to say I—I've been surrounded or I've encountered a lot of people that feel like they have to sit down and be like, okay, well, this is my creative time of the day, so I need to uh, get my notepad and paper and start writing now. But I—I I think, but I think when it's forced like that, it's not going to be anything that's really. I don't know. It's not going to be anything that's like groundbreaking or whatever. Like if you're trying to just be like okay this is my time to create or whatever but i think the better ideas come to people unintentionally when they're just walking down the street or something you got to catch a voice memo real quick or like write something down or like somebody says something in a really weird way and you want to write it down and remember it um type of thing you know what lagunitas would or any any brewing company (laughs) would be proud of for an advert right takes you back to nostalgic bliss and for me that's realizing right now that a lot of the amazing music that this band has put out has been at moments when we are at our most vulnerable with each other. That's a hard thing to just realize and talk about right now. Because, I mean, Young People, yeah, exists as its own song, especially now with its success, amongst other songs that we've put out. But those songs all exist as one whole. That is us being as raw as we can possibly be and me and Jake both getting off of a, a shift or something and just kind of finding each other in the same room, sitting down, wanting to cry, wanting to laugh maybe. I don't know. However the day went for each of us, but we communicate it and we meet on this page that is just pure energy of yeah. whatever whatever we're just aching to say to each other. And I, I feel like that's something that like as, you know, from listening to your music, I you know went to 
the the Duck Cruises website and um, you know was looking. Was actually yes, looking your at website is fishhouse.com. We're turning so. into like an indie sad boy group right now. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> so like I was looking at the lyrics and then I'm like, all right, so I feel like each song like actually has some meaning behind it and actually you want to say something, yeah, whether yeah, it's, uh, how is that an issue? Because cause we want to be this surface level, come have a good time with us, get drunk, but like no, we're trying no. to write music that matters. Well, we. I feel like that's. I feel like that's a damn good thing, though. You know? I also do. Oh yeah. In this day and age, do people want that? There's there's care? definitely a balance between presenting or writing. I think when it comes down, what we're doing right now hasn't always been what we've done. But what we're doing right now is Fish House. We try to write something that actually uh, kind of means something to us. If it means something to the three of us, we're kind of all act as our check. Our checks and balances, I suppose, when we're in the writing process. But if it means something to all of us, word that's that's the first part of the battle. But we also kind of want to uh, present it in a way that can be digested by other people that we find ourselves around, whether it be at a random show or, or just someone playing it on their iPhone as they're walking to the subway right. or something. You know, so yeah. and and like balance. your music is it's fun to listen to, word, which is word. like which is great, but it's. You know, you'll hear like music that's fun to listen to and people are just like making up random words and yeah. like piecing them together. You know what? I think there's something I've been thinking about and we've been talking about a lot. Like we've been watching a lot of uh, Kyle's put me on to a lot of uh, Wes Anderson films lately or Paul Thomas Anderson, both Anderson's. And I think it's a similar deal when uh, I think great art is something that can be, or especially when it comes to films, like films, great films, there's something that like the layman can understand, like, or a child can understand, or not even understand, but they see it and it's entertaining, you know, they enjoy it. But then you watch it again a couple years down the line, you're like, oh yeah, there's that funny bit when the guy gets smacked in between the legs or whatever. But you look beyond that and like, there's actually a real storyline behind it. You know, there are a lot of little things that add up and it's like, holy shit. Like, so you need to make, it has to be something that's digestible to the masses, but like you still have to, it, you make it digestible to the masses. So the story can be interpreted, you know, so right. it can be told in some way or another. I'm yeah. going to add this to that thought real quick. It's about world building. It's, it's about, I mean, even in music, just music. I'm not saying if you're going to release an album, also release a short film and a bunch of music videos and all this shit. I'm saying even if you're just doing the album, that album has to generate a space for the listener to travel to and, and hear. And I, I think ours is just kind of the base level of who we each are because we've known each other since we were eight. Yeah, We've I, never checked each other in the way most people check themselves before they enter a group well, it's, with it, other it's adults, interesting because you know? I feel like most people or a lot of people that find themselves in bands, they've been in three or four others with a bunch of random people. But we've all been in those weird bands, those weird stages of life, whether it be ska or pop punk or reggae, fucking stoner metal or whatever. Yeah. But it's all been with each other. You know, it's been all together. And it's like we've all seen each other through these terrible moments of ourselves where you're trying to find your identity. And so I think we find ourselves in a very unique position where we can be like, yo, that's not, that's not what it is. Like, that's not what you are. You know? like, <laughs> and so it's true. like, but we can check each other. And I think it's, it's very valuable. And it's something that like, I don't know. I'm glad to have with the, with these foolies over here, you know, like, cause you usually, amen to that. 
because you especially like a lot of bands are started in college or whatever and it's like you only know like the person that that guy or gal is has become in that in that period of their life you know you don't really know the upbringing or whatever but like you can't escape it when you're with someone that you've grown up with and so and i i think it's also been it's beneficial but it's also like fuck so i can't like go explore this or whatever but with us it's, it is like you can go explore something else but like if it's some bullshit and it's for some uh motive that isn't really like uh i don't know if it's not just like the other person's gonna know and it's like yeah that's some bullshit like shut up you know you're not that or so you're like all like accountable to each other you know yeah. each other and, and it's yeah. fucked up because we don't even mean to do it it's just like dude shut up like what the fuck are you talking about like if somebody so tries true. to do yeah. something stupid or like we try to go off on some other I don't know other route that we just aren't it's like we know each other better than I think we know ourselves you know collectively and it's a weird thing it's like it's good and it's also fucking annoying but it's it's just where we're at you know like we we follow a very smooth path that is what the other two do not want us to be and I think it's a very healthy way to operate I mean as as like untechnical and natural as as this because like we've like been growing up together forever look at like you know the triangular structure pyramids the entire like everyone. that's meta as fuck okay meta I, just, as fuck. I just take but, the mic away i just want to i just want to take a moment and say that jake what? got a new dab pen today and that's probably it's a hybrid at least it wasn't okay. all in it wasn't all can we go to the next question what was the next question or the the question jd give me beer um i can give you beer what kind of beer would you like? Would you like IPA or IPA? Or <laughs> double IPA? Yeah, those will knock you off your ass. The double IPAs, man. You can watch out for those. Yep. My dad drinks some double IPAs, man. Oof. Oh, man. You and my dad would... Uh, me and your dad would get along. Yeah. You're my dad? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> You've been drinking. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, uh, those IPAs, man, they take you to another level. They my, do. Uh, they do. And I like that level a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little assumption that my father is going to listen to this because my dad doesn't drink double IPAs or scotch or uh, or barrel aged ales because one time we were at a blues bar in Chicago classic and I'm a vegetarian as a father you can know that right he downs one or two like two of these barrel aged scotch ales and he brings me back a plate of buffalo wings (laughs) dad and I was like yay and then my mom and sister are gluten free breaded so like he had to eat the whole plate of wings holy shit good for you dad that was the whole point I guess he just wants some wings <laughs> yeah, he was hungry he's just I subconscious okay. telling him what to do little piggy with a big gun got no reason but I'm sure time has come to expand our beer list, and today we begin with Gary's in Space, a double IPA from Mystic Brewery in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Afterwards, we crack open the dystopian Dream Girl IPA from Burlington, Vermont's own Foam Brewers, and then we finish off our tasting with Long Live Beer Works through her eyes. There you go, guys. It's a wonderful format. Thank you, everybody. So this is Gary's in Space from Mystic Brewery uh, from 
Chelsea, Massachusetts, where I live now, it's like a five minute drive from my house. So, mm. um, the dream. Yes, it's a glorious, glorious thing. Um, but when you smell it, it's sour. You you get a little sour. You get like see there mandarin oranges yeah, or something so you get, there's you get, also a fly in mine and i feel a like a legitimate fly an actual like, fly a little a little fruit fly. like a gnat it adds to and it. i was gonna How say big of a fly? no but it's it's about the size of um it's big enough to crunch a, a penny crunch. that is like a hundred times smaller than it normally would be ah okay so but i'm you know, just that's, saying that's what we get for recording yeah. in an old fish house but that's you what know? i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying as soon as i smelt it i smelt it and i i got these like weird like weird nostalgic, like um, a day at camp with a lunch that I was packed by, you know, somebody who really wants me I'm to eat well, <laughs> but fruit and sweet at the same time. And I saw the fly and I said, I'm going to drink that fucker and it's going to make it. It's going to make it. But yeah. I'm serious. I want to do it. He kind of want. No, he wants to. Yeah, yeah. He's good. I really he's do want to do it. But no, he doesn't. He does this kind of shit. He's going to eat it. The real test is, is the beer better with yes. a fly in it? Yeah, it smells okay. sour. Find Definitely out. smells yeah. sour. Right, so we got mandarin sour. oranges. Smells like right. that yeah. sour. Yeah, and that's uh, part of the like citra hop is you, you're getting the citrus. All right. mm-hmm. Cheers. 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 All around. Yeah. Clank. Wow. Oh wow, that's, yeah. that's much less hoppy yeah. than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. I, me too. I'm getting no bitterness. No. Yeah, this was wonderful. Actually, I liked it a lot more than I anticipated I would after smelling it. That's nice. Wow. Yeah, Adam's the beer drinker. He's like fruit in my beer, never. <laughs> no, but I like yeah. a fruity drink. And while. that's a whole different perspective versus the New England style, which aren't as bitter. And yeah. you know, your Lagunitas, which right. you get mm. bitter right out the get go. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, Have absolutely. you heard of clown shoes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I tried that for the yep. first time back at home, and they were. He was the guy. The liquor store was telling me about it. Yeah, they, good stuff. Uh, they actually Harpoon bought them uh, not too long ago. Wow, um, that's big. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to Harpoon and get clown shoes on draft now. Yeah, it was great. You yeah. know, the Harpoon are they, are they a craft brewer? They then? are. Okay. Yep. But what what They're defines one of the a good craft? Guys. At the uh, yeah right. But at this point, like, what defines a craft brewer? Like, however much Sam Adams produces at that in that given year, like as long as it's not more than that, it's a craft brewery. Like, what is you know? I mean, it's a combination of that, but it's also like you see. Um, your Heineken's, your um, AB, uh, AB InBev's, your uh, Constellations, who are like their goal is right now to put um, you know these the craft breweries mm-hmm. out you know out of business uh, oh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So you'll see guys but, like but by leveraging a, a craft beer that people trust. I mean yeah. that's the thing is is yeah true. You know it, and and there's no blame in it. I mean because Lagunitas is a wonderful brewery, but if you buy Lagunitas, you're likely thinking that you're supporting craft beer, but right. realistically, it's Heineken, Not and that's anymore. okay to some yeah. extent. But the same thing with it, it's. A, I mean, it's a little different. But Blue Moon and Shock Top, yep. those were, to my understanding, created by big beer brands, not just bought. Right. Am I correct in that? Yep. Yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah, they're going out. They're buying out uh, all these hops so that um, you know the actual craft breweries can't get to them. Wow, um, really? driving up the price. Yeah, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, I mean, there's a lot going on with, with all that. Um, and that's something that your harpoons, your Sam Adams, they're they're not doing that. Um, and even if they are in themselves the the kind of big beer brands of Boston, mm-hmm. they're not being aggressive assholes. Exactly. Yeah, they're not being aggressive assholes. <laughs> exactly. <Agreed>. Yes, <laughs> indeed. 
And they got dope pretzels. If you are a brewery and you're not giving me pretzels and beer cheese, I don't like you. (laughs) Yeah, man. Or or if you don't have like some sort of like pop up in there or. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. What's great about Lamplighter is because not only are they like a coffee shop by day with the beer, but then Mm -hmm. turn into the little brewery bar by night. But they have like I was in there once and they had a whole grilled cheese pop up. What's better than drinking beer and getting grilled cheese? Oh yes, that's just fantastic. Close to nothing. It's, it's just it's too much. Nothing else I want. I have a lot of friends that aren't so into the uh, I- IPAs, especially my girlfriends. They're like they're you know it's like it's very bitter. It's kind of it's kind of a- offensive like on the first few sips, but like. I think it's something you condition yourself to, you know. It takes you're... seeing somebody that you admire drink it once to mm. tell yourself, "Man, I gotta, go. I gotta drink I'm gonna that." Give it a go. And then you try it, and you're like, "Man, they like this. They're badass." Mm-hmm. And then you want to be badass, so you drink it. Well, I mean, like, that's not me though. Beer, I mean, beer in general. I mean, it's acquired taste. I mean, can you remember the first time you tasted beer, coffee? I, do you want to know? I can tell yes. you the first time I think I've tasted beer. What maybe it comes into or the smelled beer, like sixth you, grade. I just, I just remember being two thousand eight, <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, Mystic, Connecticut. Yeah. I was in downtown Mystic. I grabbed a Blue Moon, and I chugged it in front of uh, my brother and. A couple of his friends, my brother's older than me, so they were older than I was, and they were like, oh my God, what is he doing? And I felt really good about it, and then I, I like, it started slushing around in my mouth, and I was just kind of like, oh, Jesus, this tastes horrible. Of course. Because and I didn't really drink again until I was... 21. Maybe. 21. No, but like, yeah, I'm just, just saying, like, I didn't really have a taste for beer until I was, you know, 13, 14. (laughs) No, seriously, it put me off for a long time. Like, even when I turned 21, I never really went out and got, like, beer just because I've never been much of a drinker. Just just a disclaimer, uh, this is, we're only speaking from our experiences uh, since the days that we turned 21, you know. Adam doesn't even like Lagunitas, so that's how much truth is. Yeah, right. I didn't say that. (laughs) All right, so so, uh, we're going to do a a second taste here before we dive back back into music or perhaps sure. one more after that yeah, whatever yeah. we're feeling yep. uh, yeah this is from foam brewery in burlington vermont i went up there a couple of weeks ago um also shout out to heidi geist she uh made this awesome can art that looks beautiful um, yeah heidi geist is also the designer of our logo here at through the draft line give her a follow on instagram at 48 beer project And I love, like, one thing I love about Foam is that a lot of their beers are named after, like, either bands or song lyrics. So, oh, Dystopian really? Dream Girls uh, from uh, Built to Spill. Um, Weird. Uh, yeah, who I love. And they also have a beer uh, beer called Built to Spill, which is delicious as That's well. That's tight. Yeah. What is the, what's the um, brewery called? Foam. Foam. Foam Brewery. This okay, one's Foam. Cool. Yeah, this, this is Foam. Well, this, cheers I, to I that. I would have thought that would have existed. All right, well, cheers. Yeah. Here we go. So, cheers. So. Clink. Wait, that was a very Clink. nice sound. Ooh, a. This beer nice. smells better than the last. <laughs> I feel like a hypocrite. There's a meaty. There's a meatiness to that scent. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Meat. There's a, a. There's a. There's a. Mead as in meat. as in honey, yeah, like, like hearty, like flesh, like steak. Ah. Yeah. There's love, a steakiness to I love this. meat like a yeah. Bloody raw steak smell to this. Medium rare mm. <laughs> Perfect for Mr. Vegetarian over here Matt Meat Meat Give it to just, me Just imagine biting just... into a nice juicy steak As you sip this brew 
Can I just, can I just like, can you just drench vomit? the steak in the beer in a, a bowl of soup? Oh, just yes. steak, Let it beer, soup. Give it to me. I really love going to this brewery uh, that's a farm brewery called Tilted Barn, and they are in Exeter, Rhode Island, and then coming back up, stopping by Long Live on the way back up to Boston, just like awesome Saturday adventure. Um, Sounds yeah. nice. Yeah, so this one is called Through Her Eyes. It's a double IPA with uh, Simcoe, Raquel. I think that's how you... What um, were those words? Simcoe <laughs> and then Raquel. I think that's how you pronounce it. I may be pronouncing Raquel wrong. I don't and know. Then, it sounds all right. Yeah. Sound good to you? Pass uh, the eye I, test. I'm sold. Yes. yes. And then African Queen Hops. Ooh. Ooh super hot. Fancy. Yes. No one can see it, but I'm doing the queen wave at the moment. It's a beautiful queen Except wave. I'm queen waving hello to my hops. <laughs> There's lots of hops to say hello to. Here we go, sirs. Oh, I am stoked. They also did a version, a different version of this called Through, what is it? Through Their Eyes. And this is the Through Her mm-hmm. Eyes version that they actually just released. So oh, it's a brand new, brand new IPA from these guys. I um, also like the the mini growler you're pouring from. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. A little 30, 32 ounce. A little 32 little ounce, baby. Cutie. Yeah. It's a little bit of a bummer. This like, uh, hot, cold weather thing has made my nose a little mm. stuffy. Like smelling the beer is not the same. I'm, I'm getting quite a lot of beer. I'm still oh, getting a lot. So but I can JD, only imagine. what a beer. Holy shit. It Citrusy. Mm. Got, smells, do you guys get a little berry? Yeah, for sure. I get some, almost, maybe some blueberries or some. Oh. I definitely get some berry. I'll get, I'll get whatever you want me to smell in here. <laughs> like, this, this is great. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Definitely taste a little berry now. Oh, taste a little so berry. Mm. That's Holy definitely shit, coming JD. through. Yeah, mm, that's right. the African queen hops. Let me, those, see this, let me see this label. Those provide see this guy. that berry flavor. That's good shit. Really something. It's like the yeah. most pleasant IPA. Yeah, wow. and you cannot this tell. Percentage is what on that, Mac. I'm at Percentage it's is eight, at 8.5%. 8.5. Wow. You cannot tell. It's smooth no, as fuck. could have fooled me. Yeah. There's oh, no booziness to this shit. Safe. I think I like Raquel. Yes. The hell is Raquel, dude? Raquel. Raquel. I don't know. But no. It's now, this is absolutely fucking delicious. good. See, and Long Live has become one of my favorite breweries, especially in Rhode Island. It's, um, I don't know, it's good. They're about to scale up and uh, open a new brew pub as well, so that's pretty cool. So... Excited to see what they do. For Love to uh, take a field trip. Indeed. Mm. Take a field trip on our way to Mystic, Connecticut. Absolutely. Yes. There we go. Hey, now. We should hop in a bus. Come down to Mystic. Do you guys should come to Beard. Oh, yeah. Beard? Yes. Yeah. They're great. It's, it's they're right great. next to where we live. Oh, yeah. so it's a wonderful Mystic brewery area. that's in like a like an old velvet mill. Cool, yeah. Man. I've heard good thing. Oh, I've I've had some of their cans and some on draft. There's, there's one uh, dog and... Dog and Pony or something like that. It's IPA, mm. but um, that one's really good. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been starting to see them a bit more in Boston. Oh, yeah. Every every now and again. Right. Yeah, they've definitely been growing the past few years. They have. Definitely need to make it out there though. Mm. Tap room experience is always always key. I yeah. mean, the more we drink craft beer like this, the more craft beers can exist. That's the more breweries can continue to, to that. To and the more out. we talk about it, so cheers to you guys. Hey yo. Now that we've loosened up, it's time to hear what this cruise ship jam band is all about. 
Fajus opted to play an unreleased track for us, stripped back with only vocals, a nylon string guitar, and a wooden microphone box repurposed for percussion. Enjoy. We're going to play a tune called Clout Cloud. And it, um, a bit about this, a bit about that, a bit about jealousy, a bit about admiration, and what can happen when it goes sour. Underneath the clout cloud Living in a shadow now huh? Set underneath the clout cloud Boys in the dark, uh, dark, yeah, yeah, I got the bullet, I got your heart, I think I'm really gonna pull it, I want your Thank you so much for playing, dudes. Um, 
I guess question off the bat, did um did you write the music for that song first or the lyrics? Um, I just had the basic skeleton of the song with the lyrics, and then it kind of it was the first time that I like allowed myself to kind of write a song in one day or the idea of a song in one sitting, more or less. It's something I'd been thinking about wow. for a while, but like I had like some of the ideas for lyrics, or whatever. But then I brought it to Jake and Kyle, and then we just had the song in like an hour almost. It was weird. Yeah, it was the first time we had done that, I think. uh, How many sittings would you say it tends to take you for, you know, perhaps the songs on your previous release or... Jesus Christ. Well, most often it happens one of them does have the skeleton or some idea of what they want the song to sound like or they have some lyrics or they have a riff or something. And then we'll just start playing our instruments and see where it takes us. And then once it seems like it's going to take a certain direction, we'll stop and try to kind of sing it to each other. Like, we each sing our own ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da, like, dumb thing to kind of try and, well, you know. To try it, to convey. Exactly. It's just, yeah. like, it's it's the process, you know? like And we don't always do it that way, but we're always yeah. trying to communicate through showing each other what the song should do next. And we have weird ways of doing that. And we just kind of go from there, and once we decide, mm-hmm. it seems like a, you know, we're happy with it. We don't want to, you know, the nobody wants to listen to, like, you know, four minutes of the same thing over and over again. And and I th- I think uh, the more that we have been writing this way, the m- more trusting we are of like the subconscious and what kind of just comes out of us randomly. Like there's some, yeah. like, I feel like we, we were definitely at a point uh, in our musical, I'm not going to call it a career, but our, our journey uh, when we were a couple of years ago and we would like come up with this idea, just like, you know, right away and be like, oh, that's really catchy. But like, no, nah, it's too easy. Like, it's stupid. Like, whatever. We yeah, got to like, yeah. we have to really think about it and like chisel this out well, and it has to be. But now we're just like kind of letting it fly and trusting what comes more. But still going back and doing that, uh, that bit of like craftsmanship. Well, because also the talking about the like, you don't know when you're writing stuff in the same vein or like there's a theme following it or just with the songwriting process in general. We didn't mean for Burns. I mean, it end up being called burns from the rope but all those like metaphors of love being like you're falling and you're trying to like catch this like rope and you're getting like rope burn which yeah. is just the worst pain in the world when it happens yeah. it's, it's like true. why like yeah you know and <laughs> it's usually why it's usually hands. your fault too and it's just like ah and it burns from the rope just like you know how how often are you climbing ropes i haven't had rope burn since i was very young Life's just one big climb, man. Mm. We're just trying to reach the. But that's top. the thing. It's like he wrote. He wrote about climbing in his own way. I wrote about you know rope burn is in like yeah climbing and like it's just like the fear of falling and like yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Jake. It just happened. Like we didn't realize it until we started playing these songs back to back and being like, "Damn, we're singing about like mountains Same and shit. climbing." Yeah, a lot. And like, yeah, and um, yeah. So, I think we just had the the benefit of having grown up together and knowing each other that we're we think about things sim- well we have similar thoughts but approach them in different ways i guess and they kind of come out uh and we help each other bring them out but I, I do think that there's um there's a certain value to that that uh i can tell is an important part of your writing style that you know the same way as we discussed before that it's not always the same lead singer in a song you you two sort of tend to alternate lead singing yeah. um it's nice to know that the writing can come from different minds, but all of you collectively can um, shape it together. Definitely. You know? It's yeah. a newer process for us too. Really? Yeah. 
we're yeah we're still shaping the way that we shape our music i guess you could say but like and and again like learning to trust our sub our collective subconscious but also mm-hmm. trust each other in our ideas like like on some songs like even clout well clout clad i guess it's just like really pretty simple chords but then jake puts this grooving bass line over it that like mm-hmm. changes the whole thing and then you know kyle brings like a like an idea of like how the energy should go like up and down or whatever and th- so like yeah so we're just l- learning to feed off of each other as we go like we still obviously we're still trying to figure it out it's nowhere near perfected or anything but you know generally if we don't feel like we completely lucked out when the song is like written quote unquote then we're we're not done writing it yeah we're not completely satisfied yeah. until we all got like goosebumps and like yeah. are just standing there like shit yeah it's like oh shit it's done, yeah. it's <laughs> it just happened but it sounds like you guys have known each other for a long time but yeah. you're still growing you're still learning sure. about each other you're yeah. le- still learning about like you know how to work and we're basically two. brothers like we hate yeah. each other yeah but we don't you know <laughs> but fuck these guys exactly you know yeah. but sorry go on we're, yeah. no but fuck these guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> JD, <laughs> me too. Love you. you too, I mean, you give me beer, so like that's fine. There we go. True. Anybody who gives you beer, like, there's only a certain amount of like, like evil that comes with that, and yeah. it's very minuscule. It's my love language. That's how you hide your evil intentions. You just give everyone beer and snacks and pizza and the freaking quesadilla burrito thing you brought to and our never meeting. stop. Yes. <laughs> that thing was a. Was a monster. It was in foil, and you brought it for all of us to consume. It was like seven pounder. It was insane. It was a quesadilla burrito. Legendary. Yes. I I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, but I still have a qualm with the said restaurant, who I will not mention, and his taqueria. Um, Oh man. (laughs) And Uh-oh. their vegetable choices in that said burrito. I thought it was thing. delicious, but anything that with veggies in it, like it's pretty hard to make me a veg thing I don't like. Yes. So. I, I do love veggies, but when you're like putting, there's certain things that belong in a burrito. And Yo, things what was it? Because I also had a, a, I went to a place, you know, got a, <laughs> I got a bowl, right? So I'm trying mm-hmm. to, I'm trying to be a vegetarian lately. I'm trying to. Nice. Welcome, since, brother. Yeah, since right, Thursday. It, Disclaimer: and, Since me and, Thursday, <laughs> me and the love of my life have you know returned to a romantic state, and you know she's vegetarian. By all rights, makes me a vegetarian. Mm. I'm trying. You know, it's it's teamwork, and it's something that we can do together. Just like drinking beer, everyone. Yes. You know, hey, um, I'm gonna pop this. But it was I. I can't <laughs> name the vegetable. I can't remember. It doesn't come to mind. It it's textured like a pickle, but it tastes like, like a, a potato. Oh, it's a squash or something like a little it's squash. Not squash. <laughs> squash it's not, I love squash, but in a burrito. In a burrito, it okay, wasn't yeah. squash. Is that what? You, well, oh, we can't. Well, say, we shouldn't say. Oh no! It's, oh, it's like a potato. It's like a plantain. We're talking yeah. plantains. And that's not plantains. Plantains are awesome. Yuca. No, it's very common. It's more common than this. I should know it. That's how common it is. Um, tofu? Are we talking about tofu? I love I tofu. About not tofu. tofu anyway, thing. I don't remember, but I feel you. I got something in a in an all vegetable thingy that I it's just I love vegetables, but like there are some that I feel like are just too random and just kind of freak me out. And, and I'm some, gonna get hate for that, but hey, hey you know, and some dominate <laughs> flavor. Heat. You know, yeah. there's there's some that they just take too much flavor. Exactly. Everything else. Exactly. And the consistency is key. So. All right. I uh, I got a question for you, dudes. Shout out to, 
our friend Ashley, founder of Skip the Small Talk. If y'all have ever been to Skip the Small Talk, they hosted at Aeronaut Brewery, Trident Bookstore, a few other places. Uh, it's just a fantastic event that brings people together and is more about getting past the initial bullshit of conversation. Um, but I recently went, uh, and I'm planning to go many more times, and this is a question that I'm basing off of something I was asked at that event. Tell me about the most sentimental piece of music gear you own. So it can be an entire instrument that you play every show with. It can be a little knickknack that you carry around. It's a pair around. of claves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pair of claves that my drum teacher gave me. And Chris Kent, if you're hearing this, bless your soul, man. <laughs> like seriously, this guy taught me for the first like eight years of my playing. And I didn't touch a drum kit for the first four years that I like learned how to play. Because that was like his, his whole routine. Like he makes you yearn to be a drummer before he lets you touch a kit you know and that's if you that's mm. depends on what you consider being a drummer but as a kid i always thought being a drummer was somebody who's capable of like dope solos and like a drummer just a stage with a drummer on it no band just the drummer <laughs> i thought that was commonplace right just nil pert up there yeah doing his thing. and yeah, anyway like he the gets cutaway scenes in whiplash like, oh you know yeah. About? yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets us all in a room together and says, "All right, everybody, we're, all the students that he has, right? We all line up, and he's like, we 'We're gonna play Toto by Africa, but we're all just gonna cover just the percussion charts.' And he wrote them all out and assigned us each an auxiliary percussion instrument to play as an ensemble, so we could understand how percussion fits with." the drum part or whatever. And this is before Toto was like cool again. This is, oh, this is was 2004 like or something. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So this was, is, this is pre Weezer cover. Yeah. Yo, elementary school. Yeah. That's, that's some, that's another but, conversation. Man. But, but <laughs> the credit, the credit for that revelation doesn't even go to me. It goes again to Chris Kent bless mm. his soul because you know, the way he, he taught me anyway, it's a pair of claves that he bought me. Um, I'm actually missing one half of the set. Uh, it's it's you only have one clave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have one clave. It's the most so, important thing I own. I don't have my all. dog. My so, dog chewed up the other the other piece. But but so it's a clave, a clave, and clave. it's it's the half that you you really don't want because it's like the bigger half where there's like a cup thing that you have to hold it a certain way and you don't have something else to beat it with. It's a mess. But I'll let somebody else go now. I um. <laughs> I, uh, probably for me, uh, the, this classical guitar that I play a lot in my room that was fucking obsessed with it. Yeah, it was originally my dad's when he was like 11, and he played for a couple of years. He, I mean, he could probably play a few chords now, but he didn't really like play it a lot after that. But it's I don't know, it's some weird feel. Feel I don't know what it is like some weird connection to my like lineage. Like I feel like like my grandfather bought it for him and then my dad played it and then I played it. Some weird I don't really know how to explain it, but um also it sounds beautiful. But um yeah. It but it's definitely kinda I've realized it kinda uh, is not the best thing to practice with and try to learn scales and things like that because it's, huge. It, it's humongous. It's so hard to play and there are no dots or anything. So like you can get lost in the fretboard. But at the same time it's like maybe it's good train it's like a it's like training to fight someone blindfolded or something. That's the way I'll look at it. Yeah. So, okay. As for me, I feel like I would probably pick um, uh, our, probably the bass amp that we play right now. Um, oh, true. That's probably the most like sentimental piece of music that I have. Um, Yo, however much bless Chris Kent, 
bless Mr. Moody, that amount sevenfold. Yeah, Mr. Moody was me and Kyle's like music teacher in middle school. He's like a guy that like I met that really expanded my musical like palette, so to speak. He he showed us the palette. No, absolutely. <laughs> he like, showed us that you could have a palette. You know, yeah, yeah. like honestly, he he me and I mean I'll let you take this one. Like, but we both feel the same exact way about this guy. Like he he was the music teacher that got to us when like we thought learning was lame in like sixth mm. through eighth grade. You know, we really yeah. thought. School was not for us. But. So he uh, he got this amp for you, or it was like actually this funny story because we walked in and we were like, "What is this thing?" Because it really looked like it was like one of those old like ham radios. It's like a tube amp. It's a flip top tube amp. It's a it's a, it's a 1968 Ampeg B15 bass Whoa. amp. Flip, flip top. top. Yeah, the thing is yeah. crazy. Whoa. And literally, like I'm in, I'm, I'm walking in there like 12 years old, and I'm like, "What is that thing?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a bass amp. Plug it in. Like, look, the tube's going on. It like, warms up." And then. Remember, like, the first day he let me use it, I'm over there, and I'm, like, pretending to, like, warm my hands up against it like it's, like, a fire. And he's, like, oh, I'll never forget when you did that. Like, oh, man. <laughs> but that was, like, the bass amp he got when he was, like, 16. Like, when he was, like, I don't know. This, he was, uh, oh. I don't know how old the guy is. But, yeah, the the bass amp is from this late, he's late retired 60s. Now. The he's guy's retired, retired now. But, wow. yeah, he played bass in, like, you know, forever, like, in bands here and there and, like, in clubs. And he bought that when the two amps were the thing. Like, the thing doesn't have a grounds cable. Sounds incredible. It was our dream amp forever. <laughs> it still is, man. Still but, is the but dream the amp. thing yeah. is, you don't he travel with it, right? We, we do. do which oh, is, wow. And, you know, the fucked up thing is that it's not grounded, so we'll, like, show up to some uh, venues, and, like, <laughs> I'll just be playing the bass, and I'll you touch a string and put your lip on the mic, and you get a nasty zoop! <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. but another yeah. thing that I think we always forget is he didn't give us that amp until after we'd already graduated high school yeah no he came to adam's house so one day he was like giving us all his old gear because he was cleaning out this garage it had been four years since we'd seen him or heard from him or anything for real and he just got a hold of us by email one day and was like that amp i mean it only makes sense and we were just like all right yeah like we didn't think two things about he showed up with a a, a whole like soundboard that you know it doesn't work but he was like you know if you guys want to like mess around with this something could be done with this and just gave us his legacy real quick man that dude like i went in there like i could like kind of play guitar and stuff but i left that school being like oh i can like read bass clef play bass i'm playing percussion i'm singing in the choir like the band's going like that was it like he made me feel like music could be my job like he made me feel like yo that guy has a job that's music and like I'm going to like take that seriously now because like, I feel like now I have somebody that's going to be like, yeah, like that's like a real thing. It's not just like some hobby. Like this is a real fucking thing. But no, I, I think that, you know, one would hope that everyone, particularly within your creative craft has a teacher or a mentor or someone like that, that really changed your perspective on things. It's make and, or break. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I only went to the university I went to and, ended up in the music program I was in because of one professor and I'm still tight with him now. Same thing, Jake. I I, I like seek him out every time I'm back in town. I jump on the phone with him every once in a while. Like we we're always throwing each other opportunities and, and you know, it's when you get into adulthood, it's, it's just really inspiring to have that like rapport with someone that you know was so important to your growth. You know, I think I've been thinking about it a lot lately. You want to shout him out? What's his name? Cutler Armstrong. Yeah. Cutler Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, when we went to Cutler Middle School. That's, that's where Moody so taught. Well. Wow. That's crazy. Cutler uh, Armstrong is a strong name. Yeah, that's a very strong name. That's a strong, man. strong, strong ass name. But, yeah, I, yeah, I was going to, no, I'm not going to do it. 
<laughs> you get, you, get you bash, have to do it now. You get a bash cutler Armstrong in front of me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was gonna say, like I, I, I agree with you. Every musician, artist, even whatever, whatever you're doing, you want to be a good lawyer. Like you need a lawyer to look up to. You need somebody to look up to, and you need to interact with them like a secondary father or whatever. Having somebody come come in your path and just like obliterate all of that is equally like diminishing because directly after moody i had um another teacher who like told me to give up and i i left jazz band and all the extracurricular music activities freshman year freshman year was my last time doing that shit because he made it really tough on me and it just goes eh, i wasn't gonna i don't want to do it i don't want to get dark but it just it does go to show like your attitude matters toward People that toward look up younger, to you. yeah, toward people who who look up to you. Like if if you're dismissive, and treat it like it's no big deal, that like dream for them will become no big deal, right? You know, and that's it makes the the incredible teachers like Cutler and Moody. It it just makes them even even that much greater. And they like these aren't like like people that are just like fresh at it, like with all the enthusiasm in the world, like. They don't know what's going on. Like they just want to teach, teach, teach. These are men who have like been through the cycle time and time again of inspiring young adults to become their own person. Right. And they can, they can keep doing it. Yeah. Incredible. No, indeed. Indeed. I'm I'm not, I'm not a musician whatsoever, but I had my breakthrough with Mr. Thurman back in West Texas. Professor of beer and hops. Is that (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, but it was herbology. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he it was one afternoon where I wasn't even so. I was friends with his son, and I was going by to drop something off over there, and his son was wasn't at home, and I um, so I was raised middle of West Texas, Lubbock area, top square next to New Mexico, like like middle of nowhere, and I was thinking of going to college in Dallas. And he, he was just like, why don't you come in, have a seat, tell me what's going on, tell me about, you know, what are you thinking about moving on? And he, if it wasn't for him, I would have never gotten out of that West Texas bubble, that I call it, you know, right-wing conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Damn. Moved to Dallas, you know, started working on a humanities philosophy degree, started like growing, growing as a person, and then, you know, from there moving to Honduras from there like moving up here and you know if it wasn't for that conversation with him who was he was all already an influence in my life but that one day that just like it just takes that one everything. moment yeah to and just it's, completely yeah just everything in its beautiful. right place and it just like and it's it hits, it's you know it's it's wild because I, th- I think more often than not the mentor doesn't realize that they are uh, assuming that role for someone else they're just doing it you know yeah. they're just a good person whoever they maybe i don't know it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're just cool. they're just living their life right they right. don't know any do like they're that's the person that they are inside whether it's you know their integrity or they're just wanting to do some good for the people that they're leading or be a good a damn good teacher or whatever it is you know and they want to mold you and lead you up and that's it's in them You you don't come by those those types of folks every day, you know. Hey everyone, JD and I want to yet again thank you for your continued support of this podcast, uh, particularly this 
episode uh, which featured some slightly less than ideal production. Uh, it was actually the first episode we recorded uh, and, and we had a ton of fun with it. And as an extra bonus, we thought we'd share just a few outtakes with you before signing off. Where's that popcorn at, huh? Yeah. The round of popcorn in the pitcher? Where are we go? We're going. All right. <laughs> playing possum on me out here, getting me to say stuff that I just, I got to say it. I got to say it. If I don't tell it here, I just say it to my mom. Uh, hold on, let's see. Really cool. Opening, but opening you know what, the you know what, though, with the lighter as he's doing an interview the, response. Yeah, yeah, the light, wonderful. yeah. Oh, but popping, popping the, the beer bottles uh, with a lighter is much harder with the craft beers uh, than it is with your, your Bud Light or something. To pop. But I guess I uh, loggies aren't, aren't a craft, craft beer anymore. But they're, it's still fucking hard, craft. man. So maybe that's what it says with the... Oh, still got it! Oh, All right, sometimes you get, get it right. Like that FYI, that like shot 10 feet up in the air, hit the ceiling. That was pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> I'm impressed. Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, this is good. It gets a taste for everybody's point of view in the whole discussion. Yes. yes. Dudes. Cheers to Mystic Connecticut. Cheers to individuality. Cheers to what alcohol does to the human mind and its pursuit to exude itself on everything it sees. <laughs> Cheers to finding yourself by any means necessary wherever you feel comfortable. <laughs> I guess we're just hoping. <laughs> yeah, pass it to the left. <laughs> uh, cheers to fucking beer and music and a damn good time. Yes. Hey. Hey, I love Thank that. you for joining us, Fajuice. Fish house.